theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Let's go forward. Luke 17, let's look at verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. I'm going to read through 19 out of the New King James today. Not reading out of the Amplified, Pastor Barry. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. In other words, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. One translation says he was in between Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show your... (laughs) Wow. He saw them and he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise. Because he's down at his feet worshiping. He said, get up, arise. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. One translation says whole. And I want to preach by the grace of God this sermon today, this message today. Mood. Mood. A sermon on gratitude. A sermon on gratitude. Would you lift your hands and help me pray? Father, we love you. We honor you. We're so thankful for your presence in this place. I pray that you would anoint me with the type of anointing that makes teaching and preaching your word effective and relevant. I release the gift of faith, God. We activate and come into agreement with the word today. We are a grateful people. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and tell him I'm in a mood. Look at your other neighbor, tell him I'm grateful to be a worshiper. You may be seated. Praise God. Music team, I may need you. If I call you, come come running by the grace of God. I want to talk to you about staying faithful and staying thankful in particular because if I found out anything in life, it's that life can be difficult at times. Can somebody say amen? Thank you for the authenticity. Life can be so difficult that if we are not careful, Ashley, it can rob you and I of our awareness and our ability to be thankful. Thank you, Pastor Barry. But God has been too good to you and God has been too good to me for us to lose our thanks. 
even if something bad has happened, we need to consider the good things he's done. How many of us are going to focus on the good things God has done? I celebrate the good things God has done. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Somebody ought to clap their hands and just thank him. We talked about studying scripture last week, these last several weeks, doing an in-depth study and trying to help everybody get the most that you can out of the word of God. I'm thankful for the engagement that we have seen and the feedback has been at an all-time high. It will bless you. Uh, and talking about the different ways that we like to study scripture or that I like to study scripture, there are a number of ways in which we can see the lens of the ministry of Jesus unfold in the gospels. You can study the gospels through the lens of all of the miracles he performed. One writer of the gospel said, as a matter of fact, if we wanted to list and itemize every miracle, the bottom line is not, there's not enough parchment, there's not enough books to contain all that he did. You could even study and organize the ministry of Christ by observing the various different types of people he ministered to in his life. If you flip over to the gospel of John, you could study the ministry and the life of Jesus and how it is closely and deeply connected through the various feasts that Jesus was a part of. But one of my favorite ways to study the gospels and to look at the life and ministry of Jesus is to follow the footsteps, follow the itinerary that the Lord led, that he kept. You can look at his travels. If you just take a moment and if you do a cursory glance, you, you'll notice a couple of things that will leap out at you concerning his travels. You will discover that Jesus often took routes that were not the quickest or the fastest. We can have an altar call right there. You need to know that it's not going to happen as quickly as you want it to. It might, matter of fact, it's difficult for us to reconcile because we live in a microwave generation. But can I tell you, you can't microwave an anointing. You can't microwave a walk with God. Some things have got to be slow cooked. Like my baby girl, I'm proud of her. She's putting her foot right now in some collard greens and she asked me how long they needed to cook. I'm like, the longer the better. You can't, you, you, you got to slow cook some things. You can't rush this process. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, hear me, it wasn't predicated upon convenience. Some of us would look at the places Jesus journeyed to and we would say that this is an inefficient way to do ministry. The disciples often thought his methods and his travels were excessive. Some even accused them of being unnecessary. But the Gospels reveal that Jesus often went out of his way, traveled in inconvenient and inefficient ways to connect with the forgotten, to connect with the marginalized, to connect with the hurting. And the text that I just read to you today is one of these moments for we see that in this text, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. His face is set like a flint for his divine assignment. He's about to meet where the religious, he's about to confront the religious elite in Jerusalem. He's about to confront the aristocracy of Rome, if you will. He's about to reveal the hypocrisy of his own people. He's on a collision course with Calvary where he's going to be hung from a cross for the sins of humanity. 
but he's on his way to Jerusalem. He goes out of his way to walk to a place that's in between. This place that's in between. This is where poor peasant Galileans lived on one side of the border. And the ostracized, alienated Samaritans lived on the other side of the border. Few would talk about this place that's in between because both groups of people that were there were considered useless. But Jesus intentionally goes out of his way en route to Jerusalem. He passes the border, the in-between place of Samaria and Galilee. And as we read in this text this afternoon, we're supposed to understand the obvious tension in this in-between place that Jesus is visiting. There's supposed to be an obvious tension because there's two groups of people gathered there. And the two groups of people are adversaries. They're not friends. Tension between the Jews and the Samaritans were well documented. Jews treated the Samaritans as second-class citizens, and Samaritans held little regard for the Jewish people. And the fact that Jesus would walk in this place, this in-between place, reminds us that he will visit places of conflict. Why will he visit places of conflict? Because he is the prince of peace. I'm thankful for a peace-speaking, a peace-keeping Christ today. Is anybody grateful? You need to know he can speak peace to your storm. He's not intimidated by the tension. He can step into a tension-filled relationship, a tension-filled marriage, a tension-filled home, a tension-filled colleague relationship, and he can turn things around. It's often the assignment of Christ if you look at his travels that he exposes, and this is interesting, he exposes our own prejudices, Alex. He exposes our own racisms and our own dislikes for people. Watch, watch this, because in this text, Andre, we see a very valuable lesson, and it's not from the religious elite. Let me just tell you right now, you won't learn much from religious people. Well, let me, let me say it like this. You'll learn what not to do, praise God. Uh, but we didn't learn this from the religious elite. As a matter of fact, we didn't learn this from the people who had all their spiritual ducks in a row. What we would see, though, in this form of division and hate on the border of Samaria and Galilee is really interesting because we're not told of any division in this in-between place. In fact, we're not told of their nationality. We're not told of their race. We're not told of their creed. The very first thing that informs us is that they are experiencing calamity and pain. They are lepers. They are unclean. They are unwanted. They are despised by society. They cannot live amongst other people. They are unwanted by everybody except each other. They've been stripped of pride. They, they have nobody to call family. They are not known as Jews. They are not known here as Samaritans. We are just simply told, we're not even told that they read yellow, white, black. They are simply called lepers. Yet, they are coexisting in a tribe of 10 people. Coexisting in a place of peace. How is it? That two groups of people who usually hate one another and despise one another are actually living together in a tribe accepting one another. 
can get along. You ready? Pain has a way of purifying you from prejudice. Pain has a way of purifying you from isolation. Pain has a way of purifying you from criticisms and judgmentalisms. When you feel forgotten, when you feel unwanted, when you feel rejected, when you feel like no one else cares about you, you're simply grateful that anybody wants to be a part of your life. Whew. I can remember a time when I had an unexpected, you know, we were in a car accident. We had just moved to a city and I can remember in this car accident it happened so quickly uh, I didn't know who to call we didn't have any family we hadn't been there maybe more than a couple of months and I can remember I don't even know if we were there that long and uh, the first thing I remember I remember this guy was coming I could tell he was coming fast like 55 miles I was like we about to be in an accident the moment I thought that I said Jesus and like in a nanosecond he hit us this big truck and hit us into the uh, what do you call that big uh, like media yeah like that big cement media and he hit us into that and I, as I'm getting hit and I'm thinking to myself oh my gosh the only thing I'm thinking about is the kids and they're in the back seat of the minivan and the moment I can kick the door open I'm like kids kids are y'all okay I'm trying to get myself together and I make a phone call after we get situated and I remember being on the side of the road and I remember making a phone call and somebody telling me uh, that, you know what, uh, they couldn't make it and couldn't help me out because they were in a meeting. And I remember feeling, and I'm not mad and I'm not bitter about that, but I can remember feeling at that time, I feel a little unwanted. I felt like nobody cared about me, but you know what's good about a gracious God. Sitting on the side of a major highway, people just flying by. Somebody gets out of the car and looks like a rocker, right? They got like spiked hair, they got the boots, and she's got the tats and the piercings. And she comes over and she says, you know what? I see y'all are going through something. I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray with y'all. She said, would it be okay if I prayed with you all? I said, absolutely. Thank you so much. Can I just encourage everybody for a moment? God knows where you are. People might have overlooked you. People might have even forgotten about you. But I want you to know God knows exactly where you are. Isn't it crazy that this group of ragamuffin lepers formed two groups of people uh, from two groups of people that historically hated each other are actually demonstrating the kind of compassion and love for each other that should be found amongst those in the kingdom of God. And it remains the same today. You want to find the greatest concentration of unity and compassion? Don't run to local churches. Run to Haven, Toronto. Run to where the homeless are gathered. Run down to Sick Kids Hospital. Run to New Beginnings Family and Adoption Services. When you go to these places, you won't see people arguing over the color of skin or their race or their political party. You won't see judgmentalisms and criticisms. Why? Because pain is something that causes us to lose. Our prejudice, our isolation, our isolation, our criticisms, and our judgmentalisms. And when it really comes down to it, can I just tell everybody here a newsflash? 
Despite our race, despite our creed, despite our color, despite our place on the socioeconomic ladder, we are all messed up. We are all sick and we are all in need of Jesus. Everybody should clap their hands and say amen. So can we please stop acting like we can't make it without each other? And recognize that humanity was on its way to hell. And because of Jesus Christ, we have been redeemed. And our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a reason we ought to be thankful today. I don't care if you drove up in a Tesla, if you took a different car, if you took a bus, if somebody picked you up. We're all sick and need Jesus. And he rescued us. And that's a reason we ought to give God praise. That's a reason we ought to celebrate. Because God has been good to us. These men were all sick, Stephen. What were they sick with? Leprosy. The most ravaging, debilitating, feared disease in Bible times. In the days of Jesus, it had no cure. It was a slow, cruel death. It was a death sentence if somebody was diagnosed with leprosy. The facts of the disease of, of leprosy are revealed in the journal of a doctor who spent his life uh, dedicated trying to help those in India who were stricken with leprosy. Dr. Brand had spent most of his medical career in India where he made a dramatic discovery about leprosy. Hear me, hear me, hear me, please. Careful research convinced him that the terrible manifestations of leprosy were missing toes, missing fingers, blindness, ulcers, and facial deformities. And all of them trace back to the single cause of painlessness. Leprosy silences nerve cells, and as a result, its victims, watch this, unknowingly destroy themselves. Bit by bit by bit because they can't feel the pain. The gradual loss of the sense of pain leads a person to misuse the body parts most dependent on pain's protection. A person who uses a, a hammer, a splintery with a splintery handle doesn't feel the pain of the splinter and an infection flares up. Another person steps off a curb and breaks their ankle and oblivious just keeps on walking. Another loses the use of the nerve that triggers the eyelid to blink every few seconds for lubricating moisture and the eyes dry out and the person becomes blind. Leprosy numbed the nerve endings and over a period of time the victim became insensitive and some initiated a cycle of self-destruction. Not only does leprosy or did leprosy produce a sense of numbness, it also devoured the skin. In many cases, it literally left a person uncovered and exposed to the elements. Whew. And if we're not careful, there'll be a lot of us, a lot of people sitting in churches all throughout this nation, all throughout North America or the globe who do not have physical leprosy on the outside. Yeah, they got skin care products. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got nice suits, nice shoes, hair style. <laughs> Praise God. You got extensions and weaves. Don't let anybody look at anybody. 
and look immaculate, praise God. Everyone is decked out. But on the inside, we've lost our spiritual covering. We become numb to the pain. We have no sensitivity to the things of God or, or the plight of humanity any longer. There are people sitting in multitudes and masses in churches all over North America every single Sunday who don't feel anything. We're numb. No sensitivity. Sitting in a self-destructive pattern of hopelessness, alienation, addiction, and isolation because of their leprosy. According to the book of Leviticus, anyone who had leprosy was required to keep 100 paces between themselves and the rest of society. Imagine the shame somebody would feel, Hayden, if at any point someone starts walking toward a leprous person and the leprous person is required to yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. In other words, you know what they were saying in the Akil Thompson paraphrase? Key, it's a paraphrase. Don't approach me. And doesn't that happen in church? today every Sunday people will come to churches with their issues they get here late and they'll leave early because of their own condition and they don't want anybody to get close enough to see the pain to see the scars y'all not going to help me today that's okay I know, I know we don't run around saying unclean but we act like we're unclean and we raise up our own side keep a distance don't you come near me we know our problem. We know our insensitivity. Yes, yes, yes. We speak in tongues. We hoop, we holler, we shout. But on the inside, we're numb. On the inside, we're hurting. On the inside, we're uncovered. On the inside, we're bleeding, wondering, does anybody know what I'm going through? And here's what I found out about people going through pain. They migrate to other people. with pain as a matter of fact most of the time dysfunctional people like other dysfunctional people it's quiet and let me just help you right now some of y'all don't want to look at me that's okay look I'm going to do this myself praise God thank you Jesus we all have dysfunction thank you three of you we all find ourselves flocking and migrating to other people who have some element of dysfunction let me just help you out right now let me just relieve everybody at extraordinary church Everybody on your row, just take a look at them. Like, look down the row. Everybody that you thought had it all together has deceived you. They woke up arguing just like you all woke up arguing. Their kids got up late just like your kids got up late. Their bills are lining up against them just like your bills are lining up. 
Y'all not going to help me today. That's all right. That's, that's the problem with the modern church. We don't have any transparency. We spend our lives trying to protect an image and an ego that is really nothing more than a facade, a figment of our imagination. That's nothing more than your social media account. I'm telling you. So I'm going to t- I'm going to tell you when we're going to have real revival. When you come to church and quit acting like you got all your ducks in a row and everybody in the house is doing well and you don't have any issues. If it weren't for the grace of God, we'd all be on the way to hell. Can we all just be real and thank God we're still here by the blood, by the mercy, by the grace of God. We're not dead yet. Somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, I feel like preaching in the house today. I'm telling you, God has been good to us. He's pulled us out. We don't have time to impress everybody. I'm only saved by the blood. Somebody give him praise. We're only here by his grace. Don't have time to act like I have it all together don't have time to criticize everybody else I got time to let the Lord do a work in me but less leprosy lose our nerve endings removes the covering from our life most people who have the disease of leprosy are uncovered that's why they have a tough time if we're not careful We have a tough time getting planted at a church because we don't want any covering. It's tough. It's tough. We can go some places and we can go different places. I've been a part of a number of churches. We don't want to submit ourselves to accountability or authority. They grab things that will run. And the reality of it is if we don't look in the mirror, I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to preach to myself. If we're not careful, we'll run. We'll run from the accountability. You know why we'll run from the accountability? Because we'd rather be dysfunctional and unsubmitted. I know. I know. I I remember I called my pastor. I was like... Yeah, nobody here does this, but I called my man. I said, you don't call me. <laughs> I did. Now, y'all know Bishop White. He's our apostolic covering. He was in the car. He said, turn that head. He said, son. <laughs> yeah. He said, it's not my job to call you. I said, it's your job to call me. I said, oh. Well, see, what I wanted is I, well, the real root of the issues. He began to peel back the layers and said, so since we're going to talk about that, what you're doing is you're deflecting and you're, you're blaming. You want to blame me because I'm not calling you, but let's get to the root of the issue since you want to try to help me pastor you. Y'all, you'll get to know him over the years. Praise God. I said, yes, sir. Uh, He said, let let, let, let me tell you something. If we're going to get to the root of this thing, there's, and as we got to the root of it, the root of it was, you know what? There's some lack of discipline in my life. 
The root of it was I, I was quick to blame everybody else and not do the work myself. The root of the matter is I wanted to say you don't call me when what I should have said is, Bishop, I need some help. Well, I know that's not just my style. Can I just tell you? It's not about your style. It's about the fact that all your life you've had the issue. All your, my life I've had the issue. And if we're not careful, it will just keep devouring us. It will devour the covering off of our life. And the more we remain uncovered, hear me, the more the disease will destroy your future. I'm telling you right now, just hear me, hear me. We've all been there. Just because you've been hurt by religion in the past doesn't mean that God doesn't want to plant you in a place and watch you flourish in the things of the spirit. Stop using your past hurt as an excuse to remain uncovered. Leprosy removes the nerve endings. And over time, the victim became insensitive. And in some way, he or she, they initiate a cycle of self-destruction. And here are these 10 people trapped in dysfunction, settled and sentenced in a place of hopelessness. Jesus goes out of his way on his way to Jerusalem. He goes out of his way to pass between them. And when he gets there, your Bible says they heard he was coming by and saw him afar off. When they saw him afar off, the Bible tells us they lifted up their voice and cried out for mercy. They have no fear. They have no family. They have no friends. But they do have a voice. Some of you got to be like blind Bartimaeus. I mean, some of you might not have your vision, but you do have your hearing. You might not have your hearing, but you have a voice. And these that had leprosy, they cry for mercy. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Please hear me with this. This is why the cry for mercy is so important. I don't want anybody to miss this. The cry for mercy is the cry for God to keep you from what you and I deserve. Grace is the cry for God to Give you what you don't deserve. How many are thankful for the grace of God? Come on. The grace of God has got you to a place where you're blessed and you know you're not be, you know you know you ought not be there. Somebody in this place is walking in something greater than what you've earned. That's the grace of God. Somebody got a job that you weren't qualified for. That's the grace of God. Somebody got a house at a deeper discount that you didn't deserve. That's the grace of God. Some of you got a promotion when you shouldn't have gotten the promotion or the increase while a recession is happening. That's the grace of God. Mercy, though, however, is a cry for God to keep you from what you do deserve. So when we cry out for mercy... It's not God give me things. It's God keep me from the harvest of judgment I deserve. I'm thankful for a God of grace 
who give me favor that surpasses my wildest imaginations. It surpasses my reputation and my resume. Y'all not going to help me. But mercy is not God giving me something. It's God keeping me from something that I deserve, that I really earned my way into. And judgment came knocking on my door, had the key to get in and wreak havoc. But God stepped in and said, not here. Although he deserves it, you can't touch him. Is anybody thankful for the mercy of God? Is anybody willing to praise him from what he kept you from when you know you deserved it? See, he passed by and they cried out for mercy. Mercy was for the cry to God, keep me from what I deserve. What they were literally crying was, God, we know we deserve judgment. We know we deserve punishment. But please keep us from what we deserve. What do you do when you feel surrounded? What do you do when you feel hopeless? What do you do when you feel dead on the inside? What do you do when you feel numb in your heart? What, what do you do, Santi? You lift your voice and you cry out for mercy. I said, what do you do when you're hurting on the inside and you feel insensitive? You feel numb. You feel disconnected. What do you do? You lift whatever voice you have and you cry out for mercy. Why? Because when you are in trouble, there is power in lifting up your voice. Lifting up your voice to a God who will hear you. Psalm 34 and 6 this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Psalms 3, 1 through 4. Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for me in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his Isaiah 59 and 1, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot say, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I'm telling you, when you cry out to God, he's a God that hears, cares, understands, and will show up. And if you believe that, you ought to give him praise. Psalm 50, 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Woo. You know why some of us are in trouble right now? We haven't lifted up our voice and cried out for mercy. But I'm telling you right now, Today, somebody's in a mood to cry out for mercy. Somebody's in a mood to break some cycles. Somebody's in a mood to break a curse. Somebody's in a mood to get out of an addictive habit. Somebody's in a mood to put an expiration date on the sentence the devil has communicated. I'm here to tell you this thing is fixing to turn around if you'll open up your mouth and holler mercy. Somebody cry, mercy, mercy, Jesus have mercy on me. 
They ask for mercy. And anytime you ask God for mercy, he's going to give it to you. But oftentimes your request for mercy is attached to a command of obedience. See, this is where we all, I lost on. Y'all ready to go home and eat your chicken dinner? Praise God. Somebody got some Thanksgiving leftovers. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all need to have me over too. Thank you, Lord. We need to break some loopia. Thank you, Jesus. I knew I was in the Holy Ghost now. Praise God. Woo, thank you, Father. We need to. Praise God. Pastor Better ready to join me too. See, this is where I lose y'all though. They cried out for mercy. And what did Jesus do? Jesus, have mercy on us. He said, go, show yourself to the priest. In other words, what he said, I'm going to need you to get a testimony. I'm going to get you to a place so that you can get this thing recorded and documented. Because you got to understand something. Had Jesus just healed these men, they would not have been integrated back into society until the priest had signed off on it. Which is why, this is another reason why I don't have time to preach it. This is another reason why it's important to have accountability in your life. However, I'm going to focus on the testimony. There are some people in this house that every time they think of the goodness of God, their feet get to move. There's some people in this house that when they think of the goodness of God, their hands get to clap. There's some people in this house that when they think of the goodness of God, they open up their mouth with the, the most extemporaneous praise and, and worship. And they really begin to think about how messed up their life was, how jacked up their life was. They can't sit on their praise. They look at their life now. And there's some men in here who understand, I used to be a womanizer, but now I've been faithfully married to one woman. And we got a family and we got kids and God's turned my life around. There's people in this place that used to be addicted to drugs and used to have dysfunction. There's people in this place that would worship false gods and idols and were bound and possessed and they remember what God pulled them from. We got a praise that cannot be contained. You can't look at us and ask us to be cute and dignified. You can't ask me to keep my praise together because I remember where I was. I remember the dysfunction. I remember the heartache. I remember the suicidal ideations. I remember when everybody else abandoned me. But on a Sunday afternoon, I got a hold of a God and a God got a hold of me who turned my world upside down. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you remember? If you remember, give him praise. So this gets crazy. Alvin, this gets crazy because they cry out for mercy. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. So Xavier, watch this. Had they gotten to the priest with leprosy? You know what? The priest could have ordered their execution. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And these guys 
are crazy enough to go off walking. Watch. They start behaving in ways that cause you to think they're healed even though they still have leprosy on their skin. Oh, Jesus, help me. Y'all missed that. See, sometimes you have to walk in the kind of faith that gets you into the journey. There are too many of us who wait until the leprosy dissolves and disappears. There are too many of us who will wait until we get all of our ducks in a row and everything lines up. Once I get my bills paid and I get my car paid and I get my student loans paid and I get my house paid and I become a senior vice president, I'm then going to get married. And I have $100,000. No, 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 no. Sometimes you just got to believe it. It's in the walking that you'll get your miracle. It's in the journey that you'll get your breakthrough. I refuse to stay where I am even though I'm in my mess. I'm preaching to somebody this afternoon. The Lord said, go show yourself to the priest and I got enough faith to believe if I act like I'm healed and believe and behave like it's a done deal. By the time I get to where I'm going... What was on me is not going to be on me any longer. I'm telling you, I need to get to walking. I need to get to stepping. I can't stay where I am. I need to pick them up, put them down, put one foot in front of the other. Stop acting like everything has to be perfect before you can make a move. You might be messed up, but keep walking. Keep on walking every step. Every step you take, one lesion disappears. Every step you take, nerves endings are repaired. Every step you take, one prayer gets answered. Well, I'm not going to move until God does it. Well, you're not going to get it. You're going to have to walk this one out. You're going to have to take some steps by faith. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to thank God. Watch this. For what he does in the process. So they take off walking toward the priest. And this is where it gets crazy. Every step they took, they look down. Something else getting healed. They start feeling stuff. What was numb now coming back to life. What was dead is, starts resurrecting. The skin is growing back. They start getting covered and broken fingers are beginning to be healed and broken legs are being healed. The wounds that were oozing and bleeding every step they took, they looked down and they're like, my God, what is happening to me? Next one said, I don't know, but I like this walk. So we're going to keep walking. We're going to keep walking. Every time I listen, every time you listen to his word and you obey, you are putting one foot in front of the other. Every time you take one foot and put it in front of the other, you are coming into alignment with what he has for you. If some of you would just obey God and stop complaining, stop murmuring, Stop trying to clap back on everybody. Just get to walking. Just get to walking. Just get to walking. You've been sitting too long. Just get to walking. Walking, walking. Stop waiting on the miracle. The miracle is in the walk. The miracle is in the journey. So, watch this. Watch this. Andre. Come, 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 come. Please thank for God. Pastor B, come on. Alvin, come on. Ryan, come up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Alex, come on. Praise God. I'm going to get 10 men. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Andy. Come on. Come on. Santi, Daniel, come on. Praise God. Yeah. 
Marky, come on. Praise. Come on. Come on up here. Praise God. What do we got? One, two, three. One, two, two, two. I'm my math. Eight. I need two more. Praise God. Come on. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Let me see. I'm just, come on, Trevor. Come on up here. Praise God. Come on, Logan. Come on. Praise God. We got, I got 10. One, two. Somebody say 11. Am I struggling? One, two. Is this 10? One, two. Praise God. All right. Nine plus one. <laughs> Trevor, thank you for not coming. That's why Trevor didn't come. He's like, you already got 10. Here, let me. Uh, praise God. Come, come on in. Come on anyway. Praise God. Here, give me, do me a favor. Get, get next to one another uh, like two by two, okay? Praise God. Like this. Pastor Barry and Alex, that was a little curly and mo action going on. Praise God. I didn't know what was happening. Pastor Barry looked clean today. Thank you, Jesus. I told him that. There for that inside joke. Thank you, Jesus. I told him he was the cleanest thing in Mississauga. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So listen. All right. I'm just looking. So now we get to, y'all get to walking. Just walk slowly because we ain't got a ton of space, okay? Just walk slowly. Just real slow. Take your time, Marky. You got it. I know you ain't on the soccer field. Just take your time. Now, think, slow down just for a second. Slow down. Now look, look, look. All right, stop for a moment. Now as they're walking, they're being healed. They're looking as they're walking, their body is being restored. As they're looking, they're noticing that their nostrils are being repaired. As they are walking, they notice holes in their lips are coming together. As they are walking, they realize that they are touching their head and there's no longer lesions, but there's hair growing. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Pastor Barry, we ready. Thank you, Alex. I received that. Let me lay both hands on my head. As we are, I need that Uncle Jesse anointing. Praise God. That's another inside joke. Praise God. So let's walk a little slower. As they're continuing to walk, bones are being restored. As they're continuing to walk, they realize their feet no longer hurt. As they're continuing to walk, they realize their knees aren't bothering them anymore. Woo! Jesus. Now, all y'all keep walking. All y'all just keep walking. Praise God. But as they keep walking, you say, y'all just keep walking. That's okay. Just keep walking. Y'all can keep walking. Praise God. And as they are walking, they're noticing that this healing is happening. And, and they're seeing this healing happen. They're looking at their body parts, and they're puzzled, and they're bewildered. Y'all can keep walking. Praise Some of y'all confused. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Keep walking. Praise God. That's okay. Praise God. Thank you. I, you can't walk two by two there. It's too tight. Thank you, Jesus. You got to do the single file shuffle. I need y'all to put a little, put a little quiet lean in it too. Praise God. We're going to teach y'all that in a minute. And they, want, they don't know what they, don't walk out the door. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all walk into the parking lot. The chicken fried dinner is at, uh, that's tomorrow. Praise God. As they're walking, y'all just keep walking for a moment. One stays behind. One stays behind. And says, I, I, I'm not going to walk. To tell somebody my testimony, I'm going to walk back to the one who gave me my testimony. Yeah. 
Now, watch this, watch this. Now, how many were healed? Ten. Now, ten were healed. That tells me that you can be ungrateful and still be blessed. God is so good. You don't have to thank him. You don't have to come back and worship him and he'll still heal you. But there's somebody in this house today that says, I'm not going to keep walking. I'm going to come back to the one. I'm going to come back to the one who healed me, who made me whole. I'm going to come back to him and give him praise, give him glory. Watch this. Watch this. Y'all, my, 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 my men that were leprous, thank you so much. You can be seated. No, but you got to stay. I want to show you. I want to show you what happens. You can still be blessed and not be a worshiper. That's why we can get up out of the bed, breathe. Get up, go work out, and cook, and grab stuff out the fridge, and get in the car, let the car start, and get on the bus, and get on the bus, and act like we're doing it all by ourselves. Not one time say anything like, thank you, Jesus. Not one time say, oh, glory, you're giving me life, Lord. No, no, we, that's what we can do if we're not careful. But watch this. A worshiper. See, notice. Notice. The Bible says that when they were a far off, ways off, they cried for mercy. But when you experience mercy, somebody's got to come back. So the one comes back falls at his feet. I'm not Jesus, but he falls at his feet and he begins to worship him and he begins to thank him. Can I tell you, you can't worship afar off. You can't worship at a distance, but you can worship in proximity. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship him afar off. I want to be at his feet. I want to be at his presence. I want to let him know his presence is the most important thing to me. I want to be at his feet, giving him glory. So he does this, and he says, hey, hey, look. By the way, you're the second cleanest thing in Mississauga. <laughs> Praise God. And if you want to be baptized, just ask Andre. Praise God. Praise God. Man, you, you need to sit down. You're trying to make me look bad. I wasn't going to say I was the second cleanest thing, but I can't do that with you up here. You know what? Jesus says, Where's, where, where are the nine? Were there not nine that were healed? Were there not ten that were healed? Some of us, if we're not careful, there's a group of people we don't want to, we just don't want to be that are infatuated with running to the temple to show off. 
But there's some people in this place who want to come back to the one who gave you what you lost. The one who helped you find life. The one who spoke life over you. The one who got you back, put your body back together, put your mind back together, put your family back together. The one that helped you find your life again in him. The one that told you there is a miracle on your life. There's a healing. He's made you whole. And so can I just tell you on this Thanksgiving Sunday, gratitude brings you closer. Watch this. Read the text. Read it. The Bible said they stood up for off. But watch. Not only somebody that understands mercy, but somebody that's a thankful worshiper came back and actually got close enough to fall at his feet. Whew, that's why some people can feel like God is a million miles away. Can I tell you, if you'll just take a moment and begin to thank him. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As you begin to thank him, no, you might not have everything you want. You might not be where you want. You might not be where you thought you would be. But you thank him. You thank him. And as you continue to thank him, all of a sudden that gratitude brings you into proximity, into his presence. And things begin to change. I want our musicians to come. We're going to wrap this up. I've been preaching too long. we got baptisms and other things happening that we're going to celebrate here in a moment. But I don't want you to miss this. Not only does gratitude bring you closer. When all, we talked about studying scripture, right? I showed you your tools. So it's all a good workman. Got to have their tools. So you got your tools and you're ready. You're locked in. You can go back and check this. We talked about the Bereans, right? You got to do what the Bereans do. Check this out. You can take it by faith till you go back and check it out. When they go back, read this, read this. Just go back. A loud voice. It's what this man uses. This is so crazy to me because he comes back with a loud voice. The Bible tells us in verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Now, here's what I want you to look up when you get a moment, okay? Loud in the Greek. You can look it up. It means mega. Voice means phone. I wish I had a megaphone, but I'll use this microphone instead. If you literally look it up, they were using a megaphone, if you will. They were using their voices so loudly that they were using it like a megaphone. Hey, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Hey, Jesus, thank you for healing me. Hey, Jesus, thank you for making me whole. Well, Pastor Keel, it doesn't take all that. If you still got leprosy, you don't have any reason to praise him. But if you know what it's like to be lost and now you are found, somebody ought to get a megaphone and let out a praise Somebody ought to be willing to open up their mouth and let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Somebody ought to put their hands together. Somebody ought to stand to their feet. If you haven't figured it out, this is the altar call. We wrapping this thing up. This is an opportunity for you to magnify him. 
this is an opportunity for you to get your thoughts off of your neighbor and realize he's been a good God. He's been a faithful God. He's been a loving God who has picked you up out of your dysfunction, saved you, turned you around. Somebody give him, somebody give him praise. Here's what we're going to do. Because this is not going to end low. This is not going to end low. We're about to break the back of something here. Come on. We're not going to end low. What we're going to do, we got a reason to give God praise. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I can't sit still. I can't be quiet. I got to give him praise. You might see me jumping. Use your megaphone. Use your megaphone. Use your megaphone. listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.